0: Hey guys, before we get started this week, I just wanted to give you two quick notes. Uh, First of all, I had some microphone issues on my end uh, throughout the podcast, so I apologize for that. If you hear any pops or any me breaking up a little bit uh anything like that i'm i'm really not sure what happened it might be an issue with my microphone that i need to look into um uh, but i hope it's not too distracting um the other note is uh this episode was a little bit longer than our typical episodes uh, but don't be scared off by the runtime it was a great conversation um and uh stories told were great so i i wanted to leave everything in but yeah i really hope you guys enjoy it it was a really fun time talking with jason and enjoy the episode
1: Watch and make this poke, and it's really like it's a cool thing to watch, and it's amazing when you taste it. You're like, oh my god, like it's so good and so simple. You know, you're introducing a new food to a city. You're gonna do a lot of educating. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna do a lot of, I mean, part of the sales pitch is like what you what it is and what's good and how to order it. Yeah, so Fort Worth to me and my wife was kind of a no-brainer because it's a cool city it's a beautiful city you know fort worth has got its own culture and history
0: you are listening to fort worth food stories brought to you by the culinary school of fort worth all right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Cringe. I'm joined today by Jason McVeary from Poke Poke, which has three locations in Austin and now one on Magnolia Street in Fort Worth as well. Jason, thank you so much for uh, coming on today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm super happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm super happy to have you. I, I uh, randomly just kind of came across your location on Magnolia and knew I needed to have you on the podcast. Uh, but let's start, we were talking about this a little bit off air. Um, But the the proper pronunciation of poke, what is it? And, uh, you know, I'm sure you get the wrong pronunciation uh, maybe more often than not.
1: Uh, Sure, yeah. Um, The proper pronunciation is poke. Um, And, you know, traditionally poke originated in Hawaii. The literal meaning is to cross cut or to dice, uh, fish. Um, the dish itself is, uh, was a kind of a Hawaiian street food. You could get it, uh, by the pound, typically sold out of a deli case in convenience stores, grocery stores. Uh, a lot of times it's, or all the time, uh, it's marinated and yeah, they just, uh, you know, you go to the case and you order half a pound or a quarter pound or a pound or whatever, and it is scooped up and served for you. Um, yeah, we, uh, we kind of got into the business 10 years ago in Los Angeles is where we started in Venice Beach uh, with a takeout window on the Venice Boardwalk, which is just a sideshow in itself but (laughs) I don't want to get too ahead of myself and get all into the story because I'll just go off for a while but yeah that's it that's the origin of poke um we could talk more about how we kind of got started maybe later but uh, yeah I I think your question
0: I I would like to just kind of hit on some more of the, maybe the origins or what exactly it is, because I think in some regards, it's still somewhat of an unknown commodity in Fort Worth. Um, and just in, yes. Texas in general. Um, so like what, what kind of fish is typically used? Do you have a favorite poke bowl? Um, and then, you know, just some things that maybe originally hooked you about it
1: as well. Oh man. Uh, th- those are all good questions. Um, so in Hawaii, uh, the, it's typically made with ahi tuna. And the specific tuna in Hawaii would be the big eye tuna. Um, and a lot of times, you you know, you'd see it available. Uh, I lived in Hawaii for about five years, which is okay. where kind of all this came from. But typically, you'd see in the deli case or in the store, you'd see, you know, previously frozen poke, or you see fresh. And the fresh was always big eye which is local to Hawaii, sustainably caught, Big Eye tuna is is delicious. I mean, in tuna, or in uh, sushi restaurants, a lot of times you'll see bluefin. Uh, Like if you're getting toro, nigiri, you know, a lot of times it'll be different grades of fattiness of bluefin tuna. Uh, Big Eye, again, is, is, these are all, you know, kind of the deep red ahi tuna. That, that you'll see. Um, uh, we use yellow uh, fin typically. But anyway, my, my favorite is probably big eye tuna, which okay. is what I was uh, introduced to in Hawaii. Uh, and I like really spicy stuff, uh, or at least I used to eat a lot of really spicy stuff. I really can't anymore, which is super sad. It's one of those things about getting older and uh, (laughs) yeah, I would eat, I I would eat a a typical poke, which, you know, typical poke is, is like, or we call it the OG, but uh, poke is tuna, uh, soy sauce or shoyu, uh, sesame oil, sesame seeds, uh, and then white and white or yellow or like sweet Maui onion and green onion. Um, so I would like that. Make sure with a lot of hot stuff. So okay, you know, chili. Yeah, is it is it typically hot and jalapenos? Uh, there's a few recipes that that you could get that are that are hot when you're in Hawaii. That are that are yeah, pretty spicy. Um, and you know, we made we made a very spicy poke. Uh, To kind of, (laughs) as an homage to my my favorite spicy poke that I used to get, uh, we made one called the JT's, which has every spicy thing under the sun, you know, (laughs) chili oil, sriracha, sambal, uh, jalapenos. um, Yeah, it's, it's hot. (laughs) It'll (laughs) light you up. Chili flake. It'll, it'll, it'll light you up. And it is, it's delicious.
0: Did you yeah. have any reservations at first i I know that i I speak for myself, but I'm sure some other people listening. Did you have any reservations at first about eating uh raw fish
1: mm. um I didn't no okay I didn't good for you uh, <laughs> since- since i was yeah, when I lived in Hawaii, I was in my mid to late twenties uh but i you know I don't know. I kind of, I, I was always an adventurous eater. I adopted sushi eating pretty early in my life, like in my early 20s. And, you know, my early 20s, that's the like late 90s. So uh, yeah, I, I kind of adopted raw fish eating early on and um, have have always enjoyed it. So for me, it was, you know, once I found out what poke was, the first time I bought poke, I didn't know what it was. And I, I grilled it uh, at a party and my friends were like what are you doing man? <laughs> I was like I don't know man. screwing up this tuna I'm gonna grill some tuna it's gonna be delicious. And they're like no you're supposed to eat that raw. Uh, that was like literally within the first week of living in Hawaii I was poke shamed and uh, and then uh, to come back from that shame, I had to open a restaurant.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, it's, it it's really the only way to come
1: back, right? <laughs> That's the only way back. Is I, I'll show you. But, uh... <laughs> it's, it's, it's set your whole life trajectory
0: different, uh, just because you grilled <laughs> yeah. some tuna. Uh, so you, you obviously you said you, you know, you were hooked on it in Hawaii. Um, you returned to LA, and in 2010, I believe uh, November, maybe 2010, uh, you open up. Yeah. The the spot in Los Angeles. Um, yep. I, I was surprised to find you. You were saying there wasn't really another spot like yours in L.A. How could that be possible? No. That L.A. because right now it is just swarming with with poke spots.
1: Yep. Yeah, we uh, it, there was there was places in Los Angeles where you could get poke, right? So you could go to uh, uh, there's a really nice grocery store. I think it was called Gelson's. Gelson's had a poke bar, uh, but it was served you know traditional style. Mm-hmm. So you would fill up a little uh, deli container with a half pound or a pound of poke, and just scoop it in there. Uh, let's see, Bear Flag, which is in Newport, I believe. Love Bear Flag. It's by a, the like way. a oh, you know Bear Flag. Okay, oh yeah, yeah. Bear that, Flag, the swordfish know,
0: burrito. So, so shout out Bear Flag.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah, those guys are cool. They came to see us. Uh, At some point, they're like, yeah, we're with Bear Flag. I was like, (laughs) oh, this is like like the Newport Fish Mafia coming to visit (laughs) me. It's a little intimidating. Yeah, Bear Flag, you know, there's like a fish shop slash restaurant in Newport Beach. They served really good poke. Again, traditional style. Um, And we started selling poke in the quote unquote traditional style. But we were in Venice Beach on the boardwalk. Uh, and nobody knew what it was. You know, my wife was literally in a bikini handing out free poke on the boardwalk (laughs) to people. Um, that's a true story. And, uh, well, so we started making it to order, uh, so we didn't waste product. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So we were initially making batches of poke and trying to sell it, uh, like they do in Hawaii by the half pound and pound. And it, it, it just wasn't working in, or we didn't have enough customers to to warrant that business model. So mm-hmm. we started making it to order. So, you know, we would limit the amount of fish that we would prep for the day. And then, and then you know, when somebody started ordering poke, we would make it for them. And that's where the idea of like uh, customization and add-ins came into play. We were like, wow well, if, if we're going to do it like this, we can start adding stuff in. And, and uh, yeah, so we were the first that, that created the made-to-order poke market, which exists today. We which I, th- I think is really cool, and
0: it makes a ton of sense, because even just from a mental perspective, if you're going up to order something you've never had before, it could be a little intimidating to order by a half pound or a pound or... I, I sure. think it makes way more sense to just order as a meal like you would, you know, most other items of food. So I, I think that's cool. Sure. Um, I, You know, you talk about your wife out in a bikini, handing out free samples. Did you guys have, uh, together, did you have any food industry experience or were you just jumping in feet first, having to figure things out as you went? Uh,
1: You know, I had the typical uh, kind of, you know, half-assed, Food experience. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'd worked at restaurants in my early 20s. I probably, when we launched Poke Poke, I hadn't worked in a restaurant in probably six years. So uh, we were just kind of jumping in. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I had a lot of marketing experience. I was a professional and kind of still am professional marketing person. My wife had a, a lot of retail um management experience meaning I mean she worked for Steve Wynn as one of his right-hand people managing all of his you know, retail stuff. She was kind of a high-end uh, retail whiz. So mm-hmm. so with a lot of operations experience went into the thing but the awesome thing was working out of a food window and our landlord at the time, she was super cool. Uh, you know, she was like, you could like, you know, if it doesn't work in a couple months, I'm not going to hold you feet to the fire. We could just go month to month. So it was a really oh, low cool. risk. Yeah. It was super low risk getting into it. You know, we just had to, you know, we had to develop recipes and get suppliers and do all the like one, two, three steps, uh, you know like get an llc do you, you know you mm-hmm. kind of run you start running through the paces next thing you know you're running a restaurant and um and it was pretty fascinating when we started to feel the success you know when we mm-hmm. actually got popular it was it was bizarre and we'd have a line of 30 people on the boardwalk and some people would come up in order and just be like, I, I don't even know what this is. I just heard it's amazing. Like people in Los Angeles would go to anything that's new. You know, it's like a very adventurous eater town and people would just mm-hmm. be like, I heard this is just, I'm, I'm here. And you're like, okay, cool. Welcome. <laughs> Glad you made it to my food window. Let's uh, yeah, figure seriously out what we that, can make you today.
0: So how, how big, you said it was what, 600 square feet?
1: No, no, no. I mean, it was a food window. So we, oh, didn't it was... have any squ- we didn't have any square footage. Like we shared fridges and freezers with other concepts. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. Okay.
1: Same kitchen. Yeah, it was just a window. So like our actual square footage, what we operated out of and made poke was, you know, 10 feet by eight feet. <laughs> That's awesome. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was great. We had this little cubby and it was like our poke cubby and, uh, we would just crank out orders. I mean, I think at our busiest day, we probably did 220 covers, which was, <laughs> was that's, like, Yeah, that's unbelievable, it crazy.
0: And doing it from that small of a space.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know, man. We, we, you know, it doesn't get more kind of nitty gritty to like, oh, now we have spaces and we're paying rent for these lobbies and, and or dining rooms and you know it just the whole thing is is kind of a bizarre story but I'm I'm uh super lucky to be here and and uh Fort Worth is is a really interesting town to do business in I'll tell you that and um yeah it's weird it's weird and it's funny that we started in that food window and now we're literally Converting some of our spaces in Austin back into food window type operations. Really? I inst- yeah, I installed a food window three weeks ago in our Hancock location, which is our northernmost Austin location. Uh, yeah, I installed a, a pass through window there, and we're installing a pass through window at our Congress location this next w- week. Um, so, yeah. It's, uh, we're kind of getting back to the basics. Uh, and and it seems
0: to make sense. I mean, during, especially totally who knows how long sense. COVID's going to be going on. Right. And this uh, is, to- I think this is the the new direction that food's going in.
1: It totally makes sense. It totally makes sense for us, you yeah. know, for, for the type of food that we serve. It is, it's a hundred percent kind of on brand. And I think that's one reason I'm super thankful, uh, it's one reason that we've been able to persist through this pandemic is, you know, takeout for us is, is second nature. Mm -hmm. So, and our food, our food takes out well. Um, So we're, we're super fortunate to have food that does that. I mean, we're, you know, we've got a lot of buddies in the industry, obviously, and the ones that are doing great are like taco places and, you know, every, everybody that has, takeout, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Chinese is killing it. I, you know, I mean, I know Wu Chow in Austin is crushing it. You know, all the Chinese places are crushing it. Um, uh, juice land, you know, smoothies is all takeout food. Those guys are crushing it. Uh, you know, we're just, we're, we're lucky to be kind of in that category of easy to take out food. food is stays well for hours. Anyway. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it is funny that we're getting back to the actual takeout window business. I'm excited. I mean, I was literally looking for real estate that was just a kitchen anyway, you know? Yeah. I was like, if I didn't have to like keep up a dining room and we could just like operate out of a kitchen, like we started with, I would be super happy because honestly, the margins in the way that we make poke, the margins are, uh, are very slim you know Mm -hmm. it's like so so we started the the made to order poke revolution or whatever and now it's like you go to a poke place and it's an assembly line and we don't do that yeah and I uh, I was
0: gonna ask you actually I, I just wanted to say your quote really quick I read that you were you were disheartened by the assembly line process, which I thought you know disheartened is a is a, a strong word. So I'm I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah, I, I, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to make sure I got. That
1: oh point. no, please cut me off as as often as. You oh, don't want. worry. I will
0: just ninety no, 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 percent of what you said anyway. But no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Seriously,
1: um... I will just like go on and on and on. <laughs> I mean.
0: But yeah, t- yeah, tell me a little um, bit about that assembly line. Why, why did you use that word disheartening um, when you think about something like the assembly line
1: process? Well, uh, I'll, I'll just tell you this. You know, I spent a lot of time in Hawaii just like surfing and eating poke and drinking beer. And just like, you just live this really simple, beautiful life out there. Mm-hmm. And um You know, when I would go to my shop, the poke that I used to get, uh, my favorite poke, was at a beer and wine store called Tamura's. Tamura's has a lot of different store kind of uh, setups in Hawaii, but this one was kind of a high-end beer and wine store specifically, kind of a gourmet grocery store. Anyway, so, you know, you'd see the guy. Like, if you were lucky you would get the fresh made poke and this guy would be over this giant bowl of big eye tuna and he'd be, you know, mixing in his shoyu and his salt and his spices and you get to watch him make this poke. And it's really like, it's a cool thing to watch. And it's amazing when you taste it, you're like, Oh my God, like it's so good and so simple. And you know, we tried to replicate that as much as possible. I mean, the Tamura's flavor profile is is what we base our entire business on, honestly. Um, But then we started, you know, when poke places started popping up and then they became this assembly line thing, I don't know, it just, it's a real bummer to go into a place and they're putting like weird, and now it's even circled back to hawaii which is crazy but you know now you go into places and it's like a mountain you know people are just taking scoops of like here's edamame and mm. here's a scoop of so it's like a
0: frozen yogurt bar noodle
1: dish yeah and you know people are just like assembling these giant bowls with scoops of all this stuff and then the fish is like you know the actual fish and the poke making there's no poke making I yeah mean, Poke, poke making is like fish in a bowl and you're tossing it. You're tossing the fish with the ingredients that you want to highlight the fish. Now it's the opposite. Now there's bowls with stacks of plops of like seaweed salad and noodles and edamame and corn, which is bizarre. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. And Cheetos and just, it's like, it's gotten crazy. And then at the end they mix a little bit of fish with some pre-made poke sauce, it's like, I don't know, man, you know, the whole idea is that you kind of flash cure the fish with soy sauce first, Uh you know, like you want to hit it with soy sauce, open the fish up, hit it with sesame oil, you know, get it, we call it flash marinating. um, And then you add other stuff and then you toss it and you give it some love. You Mm -hmm. know, that's, that's how you make, decent poke and it's just not happening and I hate it that people call it poke you know they should just just call it something else
0: (laughs) you know uh, like this is a
1: fish salad bar which is awesome and like we've got noodles too or whatever I don't know (laughs) anyway yeah I could I uh you know we're kind of over it and I I think that uh you know I'm kind of over being upset about it because honestly, like the differentiation that we have now, uh, as a place that makes real poke is, is going to give us lasting power, which is all that we're looking for in the turbulent food market. You know, Mm -hmm. we want lasting power. Uh, and I think that we've at this point kind of set our, set ourselves aside in a category that, that, uh, you know the category of poke, I think, is here to stay, and I think that our specific niche is pretty special and and uh, dug out at this point. So I'm I am happy about that.
0: I think that does make a lot of sense. And you know I'm I'm a pizza snob. Like I I love pizza. I am from New Jersey, and I grew up just eating all great pizza from New York and all that stuff. And so when I see these assembly line places and people are putting like Alfredo sauce and potatoes and all, I to me it's it's not pizza, right? And, and I think kind of in the same vein. And so as someone who works in the field, I imagine it's even that much stronger. So I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, and I just want I want to ask you, you know you, you brought this made to order concept to LA. I think that makes a lot of sense. You're on the coast. Uh, you were out on on the Venice Beach pier. It's, you know, you're as close to the coast as you could possibly be how do you Mm -hmm. then take that business and move it to Texas where it's all about meat and potatoes? And I know Austin's a little bit different and they're a little bit more adventurous. um, But to me, it it doesn't seem like it's a totally natural fit. So how did you get that idea? And and what was the initial reception like when you guys moved here?
1: Well, uh, Austin for us was kind of a no brainer. I mean, it was, it was more of a life choice. Okay. Uh, You know, we, we had a daughter, we were living in Los Angeles We were working our tails off, you know, seven days a week. I was still, I still had a full-time job as a marketing executive.
0: Oh, you were doing both. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And my wife was, you know, at the shop every day and, uh, we were doing well and we had, we had saved up some money and, uh, we just figured, you know, it's, it's time, it's time for a change. And in Austin, you know, we do have a lot of friends. It's weird that my wife and I both have several friends that we like old school friends that we've known for 20 years uh, that are all in the restaurant industry. They're all owners of these okay. different successful concepts. Weird. And so it is super weird. It's very strange. And, <laughs> uh, and we had a lot of support in Austin when we initially, you know, moved in. And it took a while. I mean, so we moved to Austin. We eventually, I, I went through hoops and whatever to buy a house, bought a house, eventually moved to Austin. You know, we had a lease on one space. That space fell through. Um, and then we were just kind of in this search for a new space. Uh, in the meantime, you know, we're still trying to manage from abroad the Venice space, which was crazy. Yeah, And, uh, I had to get another marketing job because the hunt and the build out for a new space was going to take at least a year. Um, and that was all fine and it worked out thankfully. And, uh, then we eventually got a space and, you know, we created just a little bit of buzz before we opened. And when we opened in Austin, I mean, it was bonkers. <laughs> do do was you get the,
0: the late night college crowd or are you getting people for dinner and uh, lunch?
1: I I have to tell you, uh, just kind of as a cautionary business thing, like when it comes to college kids, never target the college crowd. Mm. You know, that's kind of my approach because college crowd is really fickle. Uh, I mean, who knows what kids want? The thing is, is I just don't, I don't know what kids want. You know, I'm not a kid. No, I don't mean to say kid but young adult you know like mm-hmm. in that age group, you know college kids are hard to wrangle in, you know like if you have penny pitchers yeah that's that's a good one, that's a good sell, you know, <laughs> but we're dealing with a quick service uh item that's a price point that is out of most college kids kids range so yeah. no we've never targeted the college crowd uh our our audience has always been. You know, young professionals with a little bit of expendable income and are adventurous eaters, uh, and have a little bit of maybe some health consciousness as well, right? Mm-hmm. That's like our that's our super focus, and that's that's who we got. I mean, in droves. There's there's a lot. I mean, you know, like we opened in Austin after Uchi, you know, so Austin does have a little bit of a of a sushi slash raw fish fetish okay so we so we we absolutely kind of i wouldn't say to take advantage of it but we 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 fit into that niche pretty well um and now there's a bunch of poke places in austin i mean we were the second we were i was really upset (laughs) i was i was really excited to be first to market in austin and uh then this This uh, restaurant up north, this Korean restaurant, just converted into being a poke place. (laughs) It's bad timing. It's cheating. (laughs) Oh, it's cheating. You can't do that. Yep. (laughs) They just put up. They literally installed like a salad bar and changed their name to blah 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 poke, and I was. But you know, so so it goes. so it goes so,
0: so they go with an asterisk they they have to have an asterisk <laughs> on their sign window, and and we'll always know that you were the first but
1: they're, but they're doing they're doing really well. Uh, you know, that's the thing, you know is there's always space, there's always space in every category to to do well, you know, always, you know, be it pizza, tacos, whatever. I mean, you know I mean, you see in Fort Worth like, you know, how many barbecue? Mexican restaurants can open in a city and be popular I mean Mm -hmm. people people love trying new categories I think in Fort Worth where it's still you know like food like ours on the street that we're on is still a bit of a challenge Um, yeah
0: how how did you guys even think of Fort Worth as a location for Poke Poke and You know what? What has it been like there compared to Austin? Has it been, like you said, a challenge? But has it been slower moving um, than Austin and LA? Uh, uh,
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, so we came to we came to Fort Worth uh, because we were, you know, interested. We were really kind of hell bent on expanding into different markets that were close enough to where we could still operate and oversee the operation. Uh, um, but, you know, we wanted to get into a different market than Austin, uh, which is, you know, we, we had some friends that have multiple unit concepts in Austin and, like, they have a lot, you know, like 15 or 20 or whatever. And they're like, dude, just keep expanding in Austin. And I, I my wife and I really don't, we think the poke category uh, you know if we could sustain several stores maybe but I'd rather like we have three in Austin and it's like okay well let's try a different yeah market. anyway so the, we grew up in Dallas my wife and I both did um, so Dallas Fort Worth area is an easy target for us and frankly in Dallas it was a little intimidating because you know in Dallas I think it's all about the traffic uh, circulation, you know, like you have to be on the right side of the street and the right thing and be easy nope. and super accessible. And there is already a lot of poke places in Dallas. Right. So for us, Fort Worth is like, well, there's no poke in Fort Worth. Maybe we can introduce, introduce this, this new food to Fort Worth and be first, first to market is, is uh, kind of a sweet spot. Uh, for Yeah. Any I can tell
0: topic. that's like, sounds like the almost, the important thing, you know, one of, one of the things you look for, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not the important thing, but it it can be an important thing, but it's also kind of a treacherous uh, thing to chase because, you know, you're introducing a new food to a city and it's, it's a little, you know, you're going to do a lot of educating, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to do a lot of, I mean, part of the sales pitch is like what you, what it is and what's good and, how to order it. Um, but yeah, so Fort Worth to me and my wife was kind of a no-brainer because it's a cool city. It's a beautiful city. You know, Fort Worth has got its own, it's got a, a very distinct culture and history from Dallas. And and I just like, like it. I, I just, I really like it's beautiful here, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, Um, I I hear you. I I love it here as well.
1: Yeah, Um, it's, it, uh, and you know, I mean, there's a lot of other things like rent is a little more affordable. And then we just happened to to come upon this space. Magnolia became available. I was working with a really great broker here, uh, Eric Vickers, Eric Vickers, I think his name is. Anyway, great real estate broker. and he found this space for us. We've been working together for maybe nine months, and and uh, so we jumped on it, and you know, did our little brush up on the space. I mean, it was already kind of the perfect setup for, for us. All mm-hmm. we had to do is put some lipstick on it, clean it, get the right equipment in, you know, put some branding up, and we were good to go. So we, that's what we did. And um, you know, the reception in Fort Worth, it's it's a little it's a little slow growing it just takes time i think Mm -hmm. in fort worth it just takes time because you know people really are in in my observation here people really are more institutional eaters Mm -hmm. uh, meaning you know they've got their set things you know they do brunch on sunday or saturday you know, they've got their places where they go watch football. They've got like, you know, the their, their quick tacos. They've got their sit down tacos. Um, we just have to work our way into that, into people's lives. I mean, that's the, you know, that's really the challenge of any restaurant. You know, you really have to work your way into somebody's life, you know, and you have to find your space like. Am I going to be the place they go when they're looking for something light and healthy after a workout or, you know, for lunch? And, and that's really what we're, that's our entire mission. That's when, that's our mission when we open any place, you know, it's like, get into people's lives, you know, make yourself, make yourself like a repetitive part of their life. Uh, And in Fort Worth, we're doing that slowly, but surely.
0: Yeah, I think it's, You know, I I moved out here, I I went to TCU, and um, I moved out here in 2013, I guess, and I've I've been out here since, Um, and it's been a slow progression where I think even just seven years ago, it was way more institutionalized, and now people are expanding their minds out, and that was part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast was, um, I think it's a really cool thing to highlight all of these different independent restaurants. Um, that are in the area because there's there's so many great locations that you can go eat and it's nothing against the the bigger chain restaurants or anything like that i just i think that fort worth is slowly becoming more like in austin just in terms of the the food that they're willing to eat um and and so hopefully for you guys uh you know poke will be kind of the next big trend or something and um, you know, people start rushing to your uh, uh, restaurant. I guess you would call it. I'm not sure. I know it's a small little space, uh, but I think I think restaurant still applies. Um, I did want to ask you: Do you still have the the Cowtown Poke
1: available on your menu? Uh, we don't right now. Okay. No. We're, we're we we reopened. You know, we we closed for a bit there uh, when COVID hit. We closed for about six weeks, and um, you know. I was focusing on keeping everything open in Austin. And then I had to kind of rehire and retrain uh, a staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we opened with a limited menu. Um, and now, and we took the Cowtown off. Uh, Cause we uh, honestly, like I had to recon, I reconfigured the kitchen basically to make the pass through window that we have in our space functional. Before it wasn't functional, yeah. there was a K-grader in front of it. So I reconfigured the, and I also reconfigured it to be like a one or two person show, right? So like mm-hmm. the food line is right, is right next to the window. The POS system is right in front of the window. I mean, it's like the nuts and bolts, we, we flipped around quite a bit uh, to make that window the focus and to make the operation kind of focus on the window. So um, yeah, So the cooking elements were eliminated. Okay, uh, which which like the cooking element is you know twelve feet away underneath the hood, right? Mm-hmm. And and the way that I reconfigured everything, that just was not very functional. So we took the cowtown off. But I will say that the cowtown poke, the beef poke that we that we make, uh, man, it's, I love it. I was craving <laughs> it the other day. I made it for myself the other day. I really, mean, I love it. Oh yeah. I love that That's recipe. Awesome. I mean I, I didn't know if you'd
0: be too much of a traditionalist to uh to, to not well, like
1: it. Okay. Speaking of tradition, I will say that I traditionally stole that recipe from a restaurant in Hawaii.
0: Really? <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> we
1: were we were my wife and I uh you know we try to make it out to Hawaii as often as possible. Uh and then one of our one of our trips Maybe like after three years of being in business, we were in Hawaii, uh, and we were out to this restaurant. Oh, God, what's the name of the resort? Super famous resort. Uh, it's on the North Shore of Oahu. Uh, uh, forgetting Starmarshall. Uh, forgetting uh, Sir Marshall. Uh, tur- Turtle Bay. Yes, Turtle yeah, Bay. Yeah. <laughs> so we're so we're staying at Turtle Bay, and we're eating at the fine dining establishment that's like on the beach. And they had beef poke. And so we were like, well, pff, no brainer. We have to order that. And we did. And we were like, oh, my God, write all of this down. And it, I mean, we did. We kind of, I feel bad, but, but not really. But we, we stole it because it was just really tender beef, onion, tomatoes, uh, watercress. And man, we recreated that thing. It took about two weeks. No, really? it took about a month. Yeah, it took about a month of of testing, and uh, we 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 launched that in Los Angeles. And uh, but the thing is, is like, you know, when you're when you're expanding your menu, you know, you really have to. It, whatever you add to your menu has to make sense. Mm-hmm. And it has to get it has to get traction in order for you to buy the product, to prep it. You know, you're every time you buy product. Every time that you add something to your menu, you're investing in extra labor to, to, you know, prep that thing to get it ready. And, you know, this is a cooked dish. And so then we're like, you know, figuring that out and like, OK, we have to have a man on the or a person on the grill uh, to like create this dish. And so it's, uh, you know, things. It's like that. It's like, okay, well, we'll make it a special. We'll put it on the menu and, and um sales have to ultimately dictate if that's going to be there. And every, every time that we expand the menu or contract it, it's, we get back to the basics like, okay, people come to us for poke. People come to us for delicious tossed raw fish. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's, That's what we're known for. That's what people come for. I mean, we've done all sorts of weird stuff. We've done shave ice with like organic homemade syrups that we made ourselves, you know, and they were, it was the best shave ice I've ever had. Like we bought a really nice shave ice machine and the syrups my wife was making from scratch and they were incredible, but you know, we just didn't have enough sales. Sure. Uh, and so we we you know discontinued it. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's how things go. And the cowtown poke sold okay here, but it really became kind of counterproductive. It's like, well, like I get it, it's a homage to Fort Worth, you know, we're doing the Cowtown. But at the same time, it's like we we want the people that want a departure from, you know, the typical cowtown experience. We want people that that want that raw fish experience. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, yeah
0: I mean that that totally makes sense. I think it totally fits in with um the only way to get people to actually try the the raw fish and the poke is if you take the beef and what they're used to off the menu. So um I think exactly. that makes sense. But just so you know if you ever run it as a special please shoot me an email cuz I do want to try it. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> let me know. I will I, I I'll tell you that uh you know I was meeting we we do have a an actual chef now in Fort Worth, which, you know, we're not real. I'm not a chef. My wife's not a chef. We've hired, you know, in our history of doing business for the last 10 years, we've hired a few different people that are trained or, you know, are technical chefs, but in, in Fort Worth right now, we actually have two chefs
0: oh, wow. on board. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. I pay attention in the next few months because these guys, these guys are crazy. They're like, "Hey, man, we want to do this. We're going to do this," and they're they're really creative and they're <laughs> they're really ambitious and they're like buying a cooking equipment and putting it in the store. And normally, you know, I get a little uh, you know I get a little sensitive about stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. "No." D- No, we're focusing on, but with these guys and with this store in particular, because Fort Worth is kind of, it's almost like a test store for us. You know, Mm -hmm. like we could, I don't know. It's such an interesting market. I feel like we could test different things. Like we're doing hand rolls now because one of the chefs is a trained sushi chef. Okay. And so he's like, dude, he's like, I can take, you know, this product that we're cutting off of this other product chop it up and turn it into hand rolls and i'm like yes please you know like any way that you could turn you know quote unquote what what would be waste but it's like it's really it's not waste it's good product um he's turning that into a sellable product i'm all about it a b his hand roll spicy tuna mixture is freaking delicious i mean it's amazing. And he's making, like, now we have house-made ponzu. I mean, these guys are bonkers. So. All right.
0: Well, count, count me in for all of that anyway. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone listening, keep, keep in mind uh, that the, the menu might be changing up here and new things added. Um, so, so just keep a lookout for that. Uh, Jason, all I, the time, I
1: could – Dude, we're, we're talking about a loco moco brunch. Do you know what loco moco is? No, I have no idea. It's a Hawaiian uh, uh, dish. I was gonna say delicacy, but it's the opposite of delicacy. It's like a, it's hardcore like rice, uh, a spice burger patty, an egg, and it's a breakfast dish. In in uh, sounds amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty great, and our chefs are really trying to tackle it. And now we're going we're gonna to start opening on Sundays again and offer like a limited brunch. Menu. Okay. And I'm, pretty, I'm pretty excited about it.
0: And when is, the, do you have a date for
1: this or? Uh, well, I was supposed to taste test yesterday, but the guys <laughs> are still, they're still like setting up the oven and stuff. So I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say August 2nd.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. August 2nd, look out for it. Uh, a day after the NHL returns and a day before the NBA returns, I think. I might have gotten those dates wrong, but that's basically how my brain works is whatever the sports calendar is, that's how I make my plans. Um, all right, so The NHL? I love the NHL, yeah, I do. I really do. Wow.
1: Okay. Oh, you're New Jersey. That New Jersey,
0: sense. yeah, exactly. I, I grew up, I okay. used to play ice hockey, and uh, I do, I, I love the NHL. Um, cool. But Jason, I, I could talk to you all day. I, it's, it's been a, a blast talking to you. I, I want to be sensitive of your time and then also uh, the listeners. I don't want to put them on a, on a three-hour Joe Rogan-like podcast train. But um, I do have <laughs> just, just one last question for you. Um, so to recap, you, you start in L.A. Um, you're you're uh, the first made-to-order poke place in L.A. Um, then you've got, you come and you open up three locations in Austin. You've got one in Fort Worth. Um, you're looking at some, of your takeout window uh, type uh, places, kind of reverting back to to what the LA uh, location was. Uh, but what is mm-hmm. the future of Poke Poke? Should we be expecting a lot more places to open up, um, or are you just going to kind of convert your three in Austin to those takeout windows? Uh, what what what's the future look like for you guys?
1: Well, we've always expanded uh, slowly. You know, my wife and I we own the business one hundred percent. We don't. Take on a bunch of money. We don't take on too much. You know what I mean. Like we're Mm -hmm. kind of obsessed with quality. I mean, I'm probably overly uh, into the shops uh, in terms of like yeah, I'm. We're kind of obsessive about quality, so I I wouldn't say that. No, we're we're not gonna have. We're not gonna open up a bunch of places. Um, I think our Magnolia store in Fort Worth uh, is probably going to be one of maybe two locations in Fort Worth. We'll see. Okay. We'll probably maybe open one more in Austin. I mean, I don't know. It's not, I don't know. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to grow too big. Uh, that that is that it's not well no it
0: makes sense I think that's smart I think a lot of businesses and uh, I think you guys would qualify as maybe a a smaller business you know you're not like a for sure
1: no we're definitely a small business yeah and I think you can
0: end up sinking yourself if you end up taking on too much and um, you know I think it does make sense to focus on what's working for you and and to uh, make that Great. So I, I think that's cool. I, I, I totally respect that. And I totally respect that business model. Um, and even if you never open up another location or anything, you've got four locations right now, which, you know, that's that's a lot in and of itself. So I, I think it's it really is. cool.
1: It's, yeah. it's, um, it's really funny. People were always, people with multiple locations would tell me, they're like, man, when you go from two to three, it's a big deal. When you go from two to four, it's going to kind of blow your mind. And uh, we went from two to four, we opened up, the two new locations we open up one in we open up Fort Worth and then one in Austin within two months of each other, mm-hmm. and uh, that was two years ago. And I'm still I still haven't calmed down after that. So, <laughs> <laughs> like I need a vacation <laughs> too much, but uh, but yeah. So I it, it'll probably be a bit, and you know we have to see what happens with the economy and you know all of these like new factors that are in play right now mm-hmm. are just not a lot of fun to think about or to deal with. But so we're really kind of hyper-focused on, on the present and like how we can, how we can make the experience as, as positive as possible for our employees and for, and for the customers just right now and what we're doing. So hence like installing pass-through windows and, you know, just really trying to adapt to, to the current state of things, which is a little freaky and, uh, scary you know yeah and and
0: that's i mean that's a whole nother podcast conversation but i think the fact that you guys are doing things to change for the future and not just expecting everything to go back to normal um is is will set you up for success in the future which is great um obviously we know that you are located on magnolia and fort worth if you're turning on uh from eighth street it's it's pretty much right there on the beginning on the right side yep um yep. and uh so so go check them out little it's a little blue uh like shack kind of if, if i remember correctly right and yeah
1: shack is good i, I like that Shaq. okay
0: cool yeah <laughs> it's it's right next to uh what is it LRB is is right there as well right um yeah so, yeah look look out for yep. that they're,
1: they're super cool people yeah right across the street from uh, paco's Tacos, tacos. Mm-hmm. Who's? They're doing. They've been doing renovations on their building forever. They're opening like yeah. a bar. They're doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But yeah, um, I'm excited yeah, to see no. what
0: what happens there. Um, will you just let everyone know where, if, if they're visiting Austin, where they can find you, and then where people can find you on social media as well?
1: Sure, sure. In Austin, uh, our little flagship store is on <laughs> South Congress, South South Congress, closer to a 290. Uh, we have a South Austin location, which is where I live, uh, on Brody and Slaughter. And then we're nestled in this little tiny shop, uh, attached to like a convenience store. Okay. In, in Allendale in Austin, which is on Hancock and, uh, North Loop. Um, so we're kind of, our Austin locations are like a little bit North, uh, central south and then south south um and follow us on instagram at pokey at pokey Poke bowls and uh twitter too same handle and you can find us on facebook for the various stores which is important on facebook because uh, that's where we announce weird like if we have a closing or that's where like the most current news comes out okay uh yeah yep yep Anyway, uh, man, James, fantastic talking to you. You got a really good podcast voice.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate yeah. that. I, yeah, I, do, I do five of them, so I, I hope so. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I'll, I'll tell you about them off air. But um, yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, it, was, it was a blast talking with you. And this is probably our longest one we've done yet, but it was, it was just the stories were too good. I, I couldn't. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm sorry, dude. I'm, I'm super long winded.
0: No, it's, it's a, it's, it's perfect for a podcast guest, honestly. So um, I really appreciate okay, it. And uh, go check out poke poke. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking with you again soon. Um, maybe, maybe working on something else together.
1: Uh, absolutely. Uh, in, anything, anything you want to work on. All right, James. Thanks, man.
0: That episode was brought to you by the culinary school of Fort Worth located on Camp Bowie Boulevard, the culinary school of Fort Worth is helping future chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu, or you can reach them by phone at 817-737-8427.